2: Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. It's a website, some might call it a blog. I'm Pete Sampson, joined (laughs) by Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley. It is Stanford week, which in the summer seemed exciting. And now the luster is completely off, really, for both teams. Um, The good news is that it's going to be 72 degrees and sunny on Saturday, so it should be uh, good conditions for this game for the first time in a while. But um, you guys... I'm not really sure where Notre Dame goes from here, but I also feel like Stanford is in the same position. I don't know where they go from here either. So it's just... uh, From the Notre Dame perspective, what do they really need to clean up the most? What do you think has to happen Saturday night for Notre Dame to sort of turn this around? (laughs) They have to run the football. Well, forget about that, because
1: they're going to throw the heck out of it, which they do anyway, but this is an opponent that you're going to throw the football against. You know, I mean... Whether Christian McCaffrey plays or not, and he is definitely banged up, Stanford's going to load the offensive line, they'll fan out those eight guys up front, and they'll have a fullback in front of Bryce Love, the backup running back who only has 21 carries, and they're going to run the football, and if Notre Dame can stop that, they're going to win. If it's like Michigan State, they're not going to win.
0: Yeah, you know, it comes down to, I just think that Stanford has the identity that you explained. They're going to go into a road game plan with an identity. They're going to stick with it. They have a coach that has never lost three in a row. He's lost two in a row. And he's going to, the worst thing that happened to Notre Dame was that Stanford lost two in a row here coming into this game. And I don't just mean because of the number. I mean, because it is simplify things, rally the troops, go in on the road. Everyone's against us. That's Stanford. They hate Notre Dame the way they 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 hate Notre really? Dame. And I don't think Notre Dame has enough hate for anybody in their hearts. Uh, to, uh, to Cole, but I, I do, Luke does. Cole, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he does. That was good. He didn't seem to. But um, I really don't know what Notre Dame can do in this game because they're they're gonna they're gonna move the ball through the air. But I don't think that plays to their advantage in these close games because at some point they're gonna have to run it. And well, they you, are. you have to be able to run it. You have to be able to convert on That's third tough. down to win these games. And the one common trend I look back. Six games. You can even throw out the hardball game since they are so much better than Notre Dame. David Shaw versus Kelly. The one trend is the offense that does better on third down wins. And
2: and so Notre Dame being ranked 111th yeah, nationally in third good. down conversion percentage is a negative? It
0: is a negative, but I mean, Stanford's actually bad at third down defense. But, it, I mean, you know what you have in Notre Dame, and when it's third and four, they only <laughs> see pass. And Stanford is, going to, is a very smart defense. They're not a good defense anymore but they're well coached and they are going they 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 will scout Notre Dame and they know what's going on when his 3rd and 4th.
2: I, I mean Stanford has some major talent deficiencies that we have not seen in the last few years. They lack sort of a grizzly bear at linebacker which they usually sometimes have two. Yeah. Um they don't have that guy anymore. They have Solomon Thomas and that's kind of sort of about it on the defensive line. And their two starting corners have missed the last two games. Uh and what they have behind them is worse than what Notre Dame has at corner. Like they don't have they don't have a Julian Love or a Dante Vaughn to throw out there um, in terms of how they've produced so far. I mean they've they've been outscored 86 to 22 in their yeah. last two games, and Washington is great. Washington State is mediocre, and so that they're Sanford too, they're is in two a and bad oh, spot. They're two and own oh in Pac 12 for what it's worth. Washington State. I
1: I would say this. I think Harrison Phillips up front is He's good. Is, 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 a, is a solid player. And uh, Peter Kellenbae, who's been there, this is eighth year, or, yeah. or thereabouts at Stanford. I mean, I think those are three quality... Uh, I think he committed to Tyrone Willingham. Defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, three guys up front that I think... Are I, I just want to say this. I don't think Stanford's as bad as we think. They're certainly not a typical Stanford team. But, man, when you open with Kansas State, USC, UCLA, Washington... And I agree with you, Pete. Washington State's not a power, but they're improved. And they're and seven and five. Okay, I and they can throw the football, fine. which they did. They threw for more than four hundred yards, and they have a decent quarterback. So, um, I, you know, I I don't want to underestimate Stanford because first and foremost, they have a winning culture. That I mean, that is the biggest yes. difference between them mm-hmm. and Notre Dame. In addition to the nuances of running game and power football and strong in the lines and off the edge guys. You know, they're still getting their sacks. or giving up a bunch of sacks, too, probably because... Oh, well, that's
0: kind of irrelevant today, on Saturday, right? <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, we Quarterback pressures are as important yeah, as Saturday. Yeah, that might be too. So, I, you know, I, I think it's a really, really... For me, I'm really conflicted on how to pick this game. I know it's easy to say after you come out of Raleigh that Nordheim's going to lose, and then the point spreads, Nordheim favored by two and a half. So that tells you right there that it's, it's closer than you think. But um, I... Don't underestimate Stanford. It's a winning program, and losing three in a row hasn't happened there since 2008.
0: Yeah, and you know, Pete jogged my memory on something. I was talking to somebody after the NC State game, and they are talking about how you know key injuries for Stanford the cornerback and everything. Duke lost the best safety they've had in 20 years to start the Notre Dame game on the first play, kick return, and his backup came in and led the team in tackles and made big plays. I don't trust anybody missing that the backup won't come in and play well at Notre Dame Stadium against Notre Dame. I'm not. This is. I'm not like over, I'm not being sarcastic here at all. Every time we say, "Well, this," you know, they can't cover. Equinemia Saint Brown. No, they probably can't. But Notre Dame will do something to help you stay in the game. That's yeah. what they're doing. They they well, help teams stay in the game. They they got. They should have beaten the living daylights out of Duke when they went up fourteen nothing. They I put t- them in the game.
1: I, Trent Irwin, Michael Rector, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside. Those guys can have those receivers. Can't have great success against Notre Dame secondary. secondary. white uh, Whiteside has scored in each of the last three games. They've barely used Dalton Schultz, Schultz a tight end, but man, he looks good. I mean, he's a he's a good-looking no. athlete in a football uniform. So, and le- let me let me verify this with O'Malley. Ryan Burns is living and breathing. He's alive. <laughs> okay. he is. Two arms, two legs. Two arms, two legs. <laughs> and
0: it's not a hurricane. Yeah. You no, know, I know. I realize I'm in. I'm too close to Notre Dame situation, not close enough to Stanford's in this, so I'm sure you could get David Lombardi or someone else on here to talk about Stanford and tell us all their problems too. But until I see Notre Dame overcome just the systemic issues they have at trying to win a football game this year. Their problems are not as great as Notre Dame's. No, they're not. Uh Christian
2: McCaffrey banged up out against Washington State after you know, kind of limping his way through that game, um, played very hard against Washington. Has not scored a touchdown since September seventeenth. Has never scored a touchdown in a true road game. Uh, Notre Dame did a very good job on him last year. You're getting a a shell of what you saw last season from Christian McCaffrey due to injury and the fact that Stanford's offensive line is is very very poor. Um, Stanford has four rushing touchdowns all year. This is like a pillow fight. We're They're, setting up. For I on mean, it's like. <laughs> Like it, it, third and long, it's going to be like the pastors is going to be more like square dancing. Like right? there's just not Stanford. Just doesn't have it. Like their identity has been lost in this last off season, the same way that I think Michigan State sort of has, and the same way that Notre Dame sort of has. So it's in the end, Michigan State founders it, on one Saturday. It's a push. Southland. It's a push there. I don't really know what Stanford is going to be able to do offensively, but certainly we've... This is, to me, sort of like the first interesting test of Notre Dame's new simplified yeah. defense because yes. Stanford has some players. The conditions are not going to be crap. Um, They're not Syracuse with a pop it's gun. Not a, yeah, it's not three, a gimmick sh- yeah, offense. Shoot 100 threes um, and hope you hit 30. Yeah, yeah. If, if Notre Dame's defense is legitimately improved, we'll see it on Saturday, and if it's not... Then Stanford's going to score thirty-five points. There's, a, I think, there's a great correlation in
1: offensive lines with Stanford losing Joshua Garnett and Kyle Murphy, and Notre Dame losing Ronnie Stanley and Nick Martin. The the two offensive lines are producing at a somewhat similar
0: rate. Yeah, and much worse than anyone would have predicted. Yeah, because we, we I think, the everyone sacks
1: or the the sack issue for for Stanford's yeah. offense is is much more acute.
2: Acute. Washington had eight of them though. Yeah, I mean they've allowed 16 sacks yeah. so far this season in five games, which is more than they've allowed in full seasons in the past. Um, I think they allowed, I want to say 20 all last year. Yeah, it's not it, it's not a good situation, but it's like to, this is I think probably the best way I can put Notre Dame's pass rush in context in terms of how how poor it's been is when you look at the Notre Dame's six opponents. They've allowed three sacks by Notre Dame so far this year. That's so half a sack a game. That would rank second nationally in the country. In in all their other games combined, they're allowing 2.59 sacks per game, which would rank 90th nationally. So Notre Dame almost has like a, a reverse pass rush. I mean, they are better off dropping eight into coverage and just hoping that the quarterback holds the ball for six seconds. I, I really think that is Notre Dame's best approach to defending the pass now. It's a
0: good test of third down, too, because they're very confident right now about their third down, due largely in part to North Carolina State in the monsoon, and, and they did a great job defensively on third down. But this is, this will be a much tougher test on third down, because, in this, I'm not even joking, it's just a regular, everyday offense in regular conditions, in normal conditions, that they've, they've those have had success right. against Notre Dame. It's a different coordinator, it's a different approach, but duke had plenty of success in those situations and it now now is the real test of the new defense it's not even a great offense they're facing it's a no, middling no, every day no, no, this is the this right. if they do well against stanford and then they have a bye week to prepare and everything for miami you could just have a lot of hope defensively that they're going to continue to improve all the way through i,
1: I do want to I, I agree with you completely it, it, it is i mean you can say what you want about either one of these two teams but it is the it is a really really good test for where nordam's defense is 3 games into the transition. I do want to address this. Is something I said before we went on the air: the, the the notion that David Shaw is a better coach than Brian Kelly. I mean, I, I most people probably believe that, but I haven't heard that opinion expressed from different.
0: You mean from outside the Notre Dame world? Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not talking so much message board. Right. I'm talking about people in the media. Right. And my interview with Courtney Watson, Captain's Corner this week, uh, he mentioned it as well. I think it's I think it's true. I mean, I think he's proven that to be true, but this is the first time I've really heard that that notion.
0: And I think the NC State game is the main reason that he's getting piled on for Perhaps. That. I mean perhaps. I'm piling on because of it. I'm yeah, just I mean, saying, I think everyone going. watched that. They're it was comical that they decided to throw that many times, right? Yes. yes. So that, yes. no it is. No matter what no matter all the jokes made, everybody there's a couple people on the message board saying what would you have done? And that I would have run the ball. Well when everybody would have run the ball when you're oh, six for Dave nineteen. Jordan you're... ran the ball.
2: Yeah,
1: well, yeah, and they and and yeah, NC State once to got
2: outcoached by Dave Doran. Yeah, so, that, oh, David Shaw's like you know. Kind of yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing
1: whether yeah. it's whether it's true or not. It's just the notion of hearing it throwing the ball in. Their was six for nineteen with the wind. I mean, wind Yeah, it didn't even make sense <laughs> in, in the in the second and third quarter when you supposedly
0: had an advantage doing it. I'll never forget. We're up there in the nice sterile conditions. Like, man, I can't believe they're throwing they're throwing the ball so much. It's so windy. We finally go outside to go down the field. You almost get blown oh over. My Pete's god, umbrella is just destroyed. I'm like, you were throwing in this. You couldn't. Walk. It was sudden. It was sudden
1: gusts <laughs> yes. of wind. Like. It's windy, and then bam, it's windy, and then bam. You know, I mean, it's. It's
2: inverting your umbrella as well. Yeah. You
1: know why day. it was like that? Because it was a hurricane, <laughs> yeah. for crying out loud.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, the, Notre Dame threw it on. Uh, there was a stretch, yes. as you, Tim O'Malley noted, there was a stretch in the second half where Notre Dame called 10 pass plays in an 11-play stretch, and we're not sure if it was 11 out of 11 because a high snap <laughs> screwed up the play and it turned into
0: a four-yard Kaiser. Uh, rush loss. Um, but that's why the David Shaw thing has gotten momentum. It's, it's an anti-Brian Kelly momentum nationally because it, of that, you know, and, and we should, shouldn't assign everything to that game clearly, yeah. and we're not here. I mean, I'm just right. saying that, that there is a pile-on effect because of the North Carolina State game where it was just an awful all-around game plan that didn't work, yeah. and he's getting blamed for it, and I think rightfully so, in a one-game scenario.
2: But, I was going to say, before we get into picks, I do want to ask you guys, Notre Dame's run game, how would you fix it? What is the problem? Where do you go from here other than just do more of
0: it? I think, I, I don't like Kaiser in the read option as much as just Kaiser and the pistol like they use with Tommy Reese because then you still have play action.
2: Well, me, so in the last two games, Notre Dame has run 40 read option plays. You know how many times Kaiser's kept it with 40? Two.
0: So it's not a threat. Wait, well, the, yeah, the threat, threat is the play action part of it. I guess, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah but
2: they yeah. don't even, I mean, yeah. that's been... Well, that's been much more of the threat than Kaiser yeah. running it. It just is, but then you can just run play action, right? So you can, so you can the get play the play running run back moving right. forward more authoritatively than what they do, and still have the play I, action I, I agree
1: with that, and I th- and you talk about the pistol. I thought that would that would have been a good approach for last week when you give your running back a little bit more of an opportunity to be you know running downhill with it.
0: It, yeah, it's it, maybe it goes counter to what Brian Kelly thinks Josh Adams' strength is because he likes him on outside zone. But then use Dexter Williams of the pistol, and you can occasionally use. I, I mean, I, I think Josh Adams looks pretty good running inside when he gets a little momentum yeah. going. You know, it's yeah. Other than using more of it, but more of it is something I always preach because that you're you're taking away all the things that can go wrong with an offensive line that's having problems when you're passing the ball all the time. You just control the game a little more if you decide. We're going to get 75 snaps, and I am going to run this thing at least 40 times just because then I'm not throwing caution to the wind, no no pun intended, by by throwing the ball. Look, Deshaun Kaiser is a really good quarterback, but there's more things that go wrong when you're trusting your offensive line to protect him, you're trusting Kaiser to make checks, you're trusting him to find something with an inexperienced receiving core that has played well other than blocking. There's an issue, by the way, that we can't fix and that Brian Kelly can't fix. The receivers don't block as well this year, and it's they're younger, and it's and it's tough. Yeah, and you have I mean, Chris Brown
1: was really good at it. and Will yeah. Fuller was was better actually, than he should have been. Probably. I was going
0: to say, I, th- I think Hunter is actually pretty
2: good. He was yeah, he was think, he was think, really poor I, last week. I think, EQ's having some issues. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But I think he's not he, when, when, right. Yeah right.
1: when he when EQ gets a good base because he's okay. long and he's active, he he can be pretty good at it. But in answer to your question, Pete, I mean, it it, it has to be something that you rep in practice. I mean, I, I think if if you're really if you're interested in improving your power running game, you got to go out there on the practice field, throw those uh, you know scout team bodies one after another at you. Put extra, you know what? Put extra guys on the defensive line right. and let them try to block against that.
0: Because that's what you inevitably end up with in short yardages—an exactly. extra hat coming exactly. in. Exactly.
1: So I mean, I don't know how you do it other than you emphasize it. And that's not going to happen this week. It doesn't happen any week. Tell them why a, though,
0: because you you have a real theory as to well. so, why. I mean, it's statistically Stanford is. Again, oh, they've been getting, yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: they've been getting. They've been they've been
0: shredded. Now, uh, you know, their their
1: two starting corners are supposed to Holder and and Meeks, who have great size. They're both listed six two.
2: Yeah and holder
1: they, i think play looks plays longer than that maybe yeah, it was because i don't remember really, big big yeah.
2: corners but they both missed the last two weeks so it's like even if they play this week they're not going to be game fit like it's yeah. not, you're 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 lacking some sharpness there after um, two you
1: months. know and I, I think that they i think stanford probably looks at their safeties and say and says we've got some issues here too Hoffpower – power uh, went play played professional baseball, then came back. I think he's a pretty savvy player, but Drew Tranquil's a savvy player, too, and we know that he can't always be productive.
0: Yeah, but there's, look, This it's, Pete started this whole podcast off with, this isn't what we thought was going to happen in the summer. This is not the game you thought you were going to get, but it's a crucial game for both of them. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely essential. Notre Dame, 2-5, and five, going to a bye week. Ugh. It's going to be the worst situation well, for Brian Kelly and his staff. You can fathom, 3-4 and four with a win over Stanford. Two and two and one in the last two and you, you know you can kind of blame the hurricane and, and Brian Kelly on that on that video released by Notre Dame kind of blamed himself to his team. You've had the the difference if three and four and two and five go in the bye week right now cannot be overstated for Notre Dame. It's I off the i shade. actually sort of disagree. Like really, I don't think they're that different. You don't think three and four that went over Stanford is that is a much better than two and five. I mean, it's better. Oh, you're, <laughs> better. you're, you're breaking
2: the every seven yeah, days I'm we look the, at the world differently. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> telling you, if they beat Stanford on Saturday, I'm gonna not. I, I will not be writing. Oh, everything's ooh. no, no, no. no but trending option, trend and then you here. go a into a week off, and it's
1: like you get to they get to rejuvenate, and you got two weeks to prepare. And then you could say for well, Miami,
2: good. Brian, is it a good time for a bye week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna build a whole feature around.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: right. So uh, one stat before we get into picks, you tickets are available on SeatGeek for this game for 33 bucks. You know, uh, no, you, no that can't you, be possible. My, Lower bowl. My phone. Lower bowl, 33 bucks. Oh phone calls
0: two weeks ago. Hey, O'Malley, you know that uh, Stanford ticket I committed to back in. July, oh, you want a Cubs game? No, I'm just not making the drive into town. Oh, okay, (laughs) let's All right, well,
1: I have a question for O'Malley. Do you
0: have a theory
1: as to how this game will unfold? (laughs) I do,
0: and last week's hurricane is the exception that proves the rule to the living, breathing quarterback, which Stanford has. Ryan Burns, living, breathing quarterbacks begin with three touchdowns against Notre Dame. That's 21 points. I have unearthed the fact that he is 6'5", just like Duke's quarterback was, Tim, when you told me he was 6'5". I don't know why that makes you have success, but apparently being 6'5 makes you better. 28 points. The favorite in this game, which is Notre Dame, is 5-1 in the Brian Kelly era. Go down to 21 points. It's it's important. Notre Dame's defense has allowed three touchdowns in six of their last eight home games, and the ones they didn't allow them to were Nevada and Wake Forest. 28 points. McCaffrey probably isn't going to play. I have a theory that it doesn't matter who you put in against Notre Dame, that guys just play well. No effect on the game, McCaffrey not playing. 28 points. Whoa. Whoa. This game is not in a hurricane. Add a touchdown for Stanford. 35 <laughs> points. <laughs> Notre Dame's third down offense is 111. Stanford's third down defense, 118th at Stanford. 48%. Yes. Mm. Drop it down to 28 points allowed. David Shaw has never lost three games at Stanford. There's a reason for that. Brian Kelly has lost three games at Notre Dame on three different occasions, including the end of last year and coming into this year, up to 35 points. It's a home night game. In my life, I've attended 13 home night games. Notre Dame is 10-3 in those night games. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't because they lose (laughs) the road night games. But yeah, they're 10-3 in the home night games I've attended. Unfortunately, one of the losses was, of course, this year that I was in attendance for. But I believe that's a good stat. and You can bring Stanford back down to 28 points. I have no faith right now that Notre Dame can pull out a game. I think they're going to play well. I think they're going to play very, very hard. I don't think they'll quit if they get down. I think if they get up, it's not that great of a sign because they'll give up touchdowns. It'll be kind of like Duke if they get up. that It'll just be all of a sudden, man, Notre Dame's really playing well. Stanford stinks. And all of a sudden, you will be tied going into the fourth quarter. And I remember last year thinking, as you and I walked down to the field. And no game-winning field goal landed at my right feet. right <laughs> down the pipes by Conrad ukropina You're looking at another one. Stanford 30, Notre Dame 28. And they go into the bye week with a gut punch of all time because they're going to play well and lose. Back-to-back
2: game-winning field goals from Conrad ukropina yeah, I'm telling you, that oh dude's goodness. a machine. That dude is really, really good. You know, okay,
1: you're done with your theory and you've made your pick, but David Shaw's zero and two at Notre Dame Stadium that doesn't come into play. <laughs>
0: Not for me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just Brian, yeah, yeah, Brian Kelly's two and four against Stanford. I mean, like throughout the hardball game, that wasn't like that was a mismatch of laughable proportions. So he's yeah. two and three against Shaw. It would be nice to be able to win this one because that has been the best team. This is this is the best rival of Kelly's era. This is the best team. Among the rivals, the Brian Kelly era, and you know they're much better program than USC has been in that time. Mm-hmm. They're a better program than Michigan. Michigan, yeah, Michigan State, right there with them. But Stanford, had over a six-year period, you know, because you include Harbaugh, this is this would be a good win. I, 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 I kind of disagree with you, Pete, that this wouldn't make a major difference. I don't mean that all of a sudden they're going to go eight and four. I'm just right. saying that they would. I guess define major. Well, with that, the that's really that's the It's question. not. It's the
2: absence of a debilitating loss. Is what it is for okay. me. But like, how debilitating would it really be? I think that like two and three, five, three and nine, debilitating. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like think totally. Nate, I think Miami. I think Miami thing. and Navy would both beat them. I don't. I don't buy three and nine yet. I really don't. With a but loss. I With I a loss. Yeah. I'm sorry. yeah, we're saying like, oh. if, if Stanford wins, does Notre Dame go three and nine? Well, I mean, do
0: they go four and eight? Because there's two. There's two academies. Just throw that out there for you. Two and five. What's the record at the end? <laughs> You know, I just, I don't know, Tim. I just yeah. don't. This,
1: this is what I do know. Do you feel there's that more
0: that, losses come as a result of this one? If they I, lose, do more wins come as a result of I, a win? I think Navy is scary. If you look at Virginia Tech, folks, look
1: at Virginia Tech because it's a good football team that's doing a lot of key things, you know, bedrock things for a winning program. They're doing those things well. Um, hey, man, I'm a I'm a week-to-week guy. Yeah. I, you know, I just don't want, because you don't know. Brad Kai Gets hurt this week. I mean, I just I, I just can't... Quarterbacks
0: don't matter. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one position. Yeah, you just throw Kaya, a guy out there. But, but Kaya's got... To, yeah, you're right. I, I, I should have given a
1: different example yeah, there. I'm I just guess. kidding. Uh, I, Coley, I, their receiver. Yeah, yeah. Right?
2: I, my position is like, I don't think that more losses will come because of a Stanford loss. Nor do I think more wins will no. become that's, for a Stanford win. I, I feel more like I think that's where we lines. differ Then you guys yeah. are on
0: the this is week to week. I, don't, I feel like they, it's an all awesome snowball I think this team's
1: type. young enough that it's going to... I, it, you can only be resilient so long after so many losses, but... I do think that this team. I I totally agree. I think Notre going to come
0: in. They're going to be ready to play. And you guys, oh, yeah, I really think Notre will yeah. play hard and yeah. play well because and play for sixty minutes. Because
1: they're, you know, when you do, when you have guys like Rochelle and Anualu and uh, so many young guys making their first contribution, I think they're going to be a little bit more resilient
0: because. They're not resigned to long-term failure. I think you're going to see a two resilient teams that really want to win. It'll be a good football game. It's just that people won't care nationally like they were going to. I I, I mean Stanford. Speaking of resilience, Stanford's program is going to come into this game with laying everything on the line. This is well, it's it's a probably going to be an entertaining football game. Honestly, just between two teams that are nowhere near what we thought they. I mean, be. Brian Kelly has said
1: that they haven't closed this year in the first three games of the year. Stanford closed. I mean, they they were in peril. Uh, not so much USC, uh, but they closed. They know how to close. They have a winning culture. That's a huge, that's a
0: significant difference over this Notre Dame team. This is running long, but I want to ask before Pete gets this thing, what do you think is the least likely scenario of these? Notre Dame wins close. Stanford wins close. Notre Dame wins comfortably. Stanford wins comfortably. Number four, Stanford winning comfortably. I just can't see that. Can't how see that they, how, how, yeah. Like, logically, how that occurs. I agree. Occur. I agree with yeah, that. I agree with I that, agree. that,
2: too. Pete, i right, uh, My here. pick, I'm... Going back and forth on this one, I think I'm going to go Notre Dame. Um, although I picked them to beat NC State and Duke and Michigan State and Texas, so um, you can take that for what it's worth. Not much, uh, but I but I do think the defense will play as well as it has played all year. Um, and I do think Stanford is not built to take advantage of Notre Dame's defensive inefficiencies. Ryan Burns is he's no Daniel Jones. That's probably the best way I can put it. I just don't think he's even like marginally good. Um, Maybe he's more at a Tyler O'Connor level without Donnie Corley to throw to. Um, So I do like Notre Dame, you know, kind of in a a 28 26. I don't think it's going to be a great game. I think if you spent thirty three dollars on a t- your ticket, you got your money's worth. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you were going to say that. No, it's too much. <laughs> no, it's, I mean it's going to be a beautiful night. This is, I think it's a good opportunity for people to get cheap tickets um, for a good game. I think I agree with what Tim Priester is saying over there about Notre Dame's resiliency, and I, I do think it's one of the most ridiculous lines of questioning that we put to Notre Dame players after a few losses. What do you have to play for? Because now, as Morgan is like. What do you have to play for? Like I love playing football. Why would I why would I not want to right. do something that I love to do right. if just was, because I something crappy happened two weeks if ago? If this was a
1: veteran team that's gone through exactly what they've gone through, you right there yeah. might be more of a tendency just to pack it in. These guys are too 55 of the 61 guys listed on the depth chart this week by Notre Dame have eligibility next year.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't get that at all, um, and I, I think that Notre Dame's breaking point for that, I don't, I don't feel like they probably have one just based on the way the team is built. Yeah. So I think that that also leads into like why I don't think a loss leads to more losses or a win leads to more wins. It's just like this is just a game that will be played and then Notre Dame will be on a but buy. Although in. a breaking point could come in Navy Army games like that. That may happen. Yeah. That may happen. But all that's right. down the road.
1: I will. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm picking yet. And that'll be in that'll be in Friday's preview. And we've run we're running along here, so that's the end of segment one. We'll be back with questions from our readers.
0: Welcome back to segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, we're burning up the boards, take fan questions, and there are a lot of frustrated fans. We're going to start with Golden by Name do you think Stanford will be able to get its running running game going or will Andy be stout enough to contain McCaffrey if healthy all night long, similar to last year at least? McCaffrey's carried
1: 20 times for 84 yards in the last two games combined. Obviously, he's accustomed to doing more than that. He left the Washington State game in the third quarter with what is being projected as a hip injury. Uh, at the time, David Shaw said uh, said that you know the score dictated that he stayed out of the game He has since said that he's banged up a little bit more than that. Long story short, Bryce Love is their backup running back. He only has 21 carries. More of a speed guy, a real speed guy, although, of course, McCaffrey's elusive as well. Uh, I'm not really sure the running back matters, kind of what you're saying, O'Malley. I mean, if their offensive front... And and their offensive front isn't that good, but they'll literally fan out eight guys with a quarterback, fullback, and running back. And against Notre Dame... That can be pretty effective just by the mere fact that they got beef up front and and had on a hat.
0: Probably isn't fair to say this because it was tough tackling conditions, but I think Stanford will run the ball well because North Carolina State ran the ball well when the only thing they could possibly do on every down was run the ball. And so until I see them stop someone running the ball, I think Stanford will run the ball well. I just don't think it's going to be like, oh my God, this is overwhelming, as it has been in the past.
2: Who, uh, between the two programs... Which team has more carries on the season? More carries per game? Who's averaging more carries per game? I would say Notre Dame, by the way, yeah. that's a question. Um,
0: and who is having more rushing yards per game? Probably Notre Dame. And more rushing touchdowns? Well, DeSean Kaiser helps that. Yeah. How many rushing touchdowns do Notre Dame's running backs have?
2: Still that's more than, uh, more Stanford. than uh, yeah, Stanford. Yeah, Still barely, more than Stanford's right? Four. So, yeah. Stanford, that's what I'm saying, like, that whole rushing identity is just like, they have, They have like, the afterglow of that right now. This they is, don't actually do
0: it. Mine's just everyone runs on Notre Dame. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's why I think that receiving core. I mean, there's video evidence of that receiving core being real dangerous. I think, I think both secondaries will go through periods where they're shredded in this
2: game. Yeah, amazingly, Stanford has not run 300 offensive plays this year. That's incredible. I mean, I know they're, they're down a game; they've only played five games, but they're they're second to last nationally in plays run. So this is like an anti tempo game. Um,
0: but still, they're 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 struggling in what's supposed to be their identity. I'm going to tap you on the shoulder on their first 14 play drive in the first quarter. So, because <laughs> yeah, Dame never gives up. Long <laughs> but, but then the, the first quarter will be ending. That's that true. That they still won't get there. Yeah. Yeah, right?
1: Nordham never gives up long uh, touchdown drives. Uh, uh, Atlanta, Attlebury. with the Irish being two and four and very little to play for, do you think now would be a good time for Brian Kelly to relinquish the play calling duties over to Mike Sanford? Um. Yes, I, well, I don't think who's that calling, that's how it works. Kelly, um, Kelly's not calling the play. So. Yeah,
2: it's, look, we all, I think we all felt this way coming after last games. So like, what, what is Mike Sanford able to do? Like, what job description does he have right now? I know he's offensive coordinator, but I have a hard time believing in a hurricane. He would be like, let's throw it. 10 out of 11 plays. What do, you, what do you guys think? That's why I ask why he's at Notre yeah. Dame. I, 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 what I mean,
1: he's he's the quarterback coach, and, right? Well, first of all, Denbrock calls the place. We need yeah.
2: to. We did and, and yeah. another guy who I'd be like, I don't think. Would sit there and say like, let's throw oh, it ten out of eleven plays. I just feel like Brian Kelly calls the plays. So I don't care what anybody <laughs> else. I think Brian Kelly influences how the plays yes, are called. exactly. That's how I feel. You, hey, Mike, Mike, you guys go give me your eighty-seven best pass plays.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I, it's, it's, it's San- I will choose ninety of them. To use Sanford's the <laughs> up top saying
1: this is the look. This is what they're doing. Yeah. This yeah. is the alternative to what they're doing. To answer
0: this question, I think there's a chance if Notre Dame loses or doesn't have a great offensive day that maybe they'll look into Mike. Stanford having more of a role in this game day after the bye, because that's when you make adjustments. They've changed
1: everything else along the way sure, this year. Yeah, I mean, game. why wouldn't you, at two and five, why
2: wouldn't right. you do that? Yeah. I don't know. Like, one of my favorite things from Mike Denbrock and media day was he talked about how historically, Notre Dame is best when it has a power running game. Okay. Indy <laughs> Squid 23, is Brian Kelly capable of winning a national championship at Notre Dame? Probably not.
1: I mean, capable? Played, capable? Yeah, he played for one. Yeah, capable, played for one. See, yeah. So maybe... It, wait, is it play he's, for one or ca- winning a national championship? <coughs> well, he went to one. So right. I, had he played had he played Kansas State, which could have happened... He would have won one. He yeah. probably would have won one. So the answer is, is he capable? Uh, yes, under ideal conditions.
0: Yeah, he's capable of doing it. I mean, at this point, you wouldn't... At the middle of last year you would have said, yeah, I could see him getting to the playoffs and making it happen. And right now you'd say, no, he's not going to get to the playoffs and make it happen. But he's really capable of it. I mean, he got them there. That's... Yeah, it's, ideal yeah.
1: conditions, though. I mean, you even think about 2012. You had one of the best defenses in the history of the program. Sure. Well, and I, you, I'm not saying he can do it with a bunch of jobbers running around
0: out there. He's <laughs> got to have some players, you know. <laughs> what? Well, Who what do, they, do you want they, him to yeah. get to the championship yeah. game I, with? I Notre Dame football, 2017, no jobbers.
1: Maybe the defensive line recruits that are coming in next year, can you build? I mean, is that more along the lines of...
2: Huh? <laughs> I don't, I'm just saying, for the fourth straight year, we're talking about the defensive line recruits. That what, can I, what can I say? What can <laughs> that's, I say? All, that's, that's all we a, got. That's what we got. Yeah, I, this is like this is a bubble question to me because what are we just like, well, just at Notre Dame, yes. But well, what if Nick Saban and Urban Meyer are still out there? Then it's no. Um, but and that has nothing to do with Brian Kelly. It just has everything to do with what's happening at Alabama. Well, you
1: have, so you have to hope only one of those two gets to the playoffs, and they get upset are by somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh,
0: who do you want to go against (laughs) final four Notre Dame Navy Air Force and California yeah they could win it there's no no I look this is a bad time to ask these questions because Brian Kelly's having a bad season coaching football he usually has better seasons than this yeah he's capable of it he's not going to do it next year probably it's
1: like it's like interpreting anything that Brian Kelly says it's going through a two and six stretch filter right in anything that we say, that's why, you know, Brian Kelly's a miserable human being. No, he's not. Brian Kelly has an abrasive personality. These are things I've read this week. No, he doesn't. But when you're 2-6 and six in your last eight games, you can say whatever the hell you want.
0: That's true. ND 025876, how much more failure can the program handle? When do the quote-unquote adults step in and go another direction completely than mediocre football?
1: Well, a lot more than they've endured now, because they won 10 games last year. Yeah, I do
0: think people forgot about the 10 wins. Last, not forgot about, but that's what, if you're, if the adult are talking about is Jack Schwarberg and the people who make decisions, he saw 10 wins last season. I mean, that's, right? That's the, uh, <laughs> but they're 2-6 and six but, in the last season. But you're looking games, to fire someone. Right? You're not, if you're talking about firing someone, he was 10-3 and three last year. He's probably not going to get fired at the end of the year because he went 10-3 and three last year. <laughs> that's the you bottom don't, line.
1: In, in the real world, you don't fire a guy that's gone to six straight bowls. his worst year is eight wins, and he has 55 out of 61 guys on the depth chart coming back. Potential, potentially. This year would back. put
0: him on notice that we never thought possible right. going into the year. Of course, in the real
1: right. in the real world of college athletics, not. And I don't want to say knee jerk because they're playing terribly. And, sure. And, and sure, I mean it's yeah. it is
0: it is worth discussing, but this is not it, an NC State question. This is a two and four playing badly. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: Brian Kelly has the equity to survive this season. Right. Yes. Right. He does not have the equity to survive two seasons like this. No, not but sure. But Mark D'Antonio and David Shaw, for counterexamples, do. Um, they have built more equity at their programs than Brian Kelly has here. So I think it, it, I, I don't see any way, short of the team walking out, that what happens on the field is going to lead to Brian Kelly not being here. I just I cannot fathom that happening unless he's just like I wanted. I want to do something else. Like Notre Dame's not going to say, okay. You can... You
1: What's more that. likely? He says, I want to do something else, or he gets fired. Him saying, I want to do something else. I agree. Else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
2: I, I think he would be in demand. Yeah. Uh, as much as Notre Dame message boards probably don't want to hear that, but <coughs> I think he would be in very he high demand. He would
1: absolutely be in demand. Yeah. My, people are going to be like,
2: wait, oh, oh you went, you played you the don't national want, championship yeah, and you won 10 games. Like, well, we'll take that. Yeah. Sounds good to me. So, yeah. It's... Um, Nothing, I, I just cannot see an on field scenario that would that I could imagine Jack Swart being like, you know what, it's time to make a change. I just don't see it
1: unless it, I mean, unless that player coach relationship spins out right, of control,
2: to some, it's which to I some don't, level that we've never seen, right? right, right. It'll I, all be the Dane
0: and Chris, and they'd be two and ten and stuff I, like that. You're, you're talking about the most extreme, yeah, like they're don't gonna win some.
2: That.
1: Look, I don't care how a coach. The only thing that matters between coach-player relationship is if the relationship is such that the player regresses, then you're taking the wrong approach as a coach. Colson. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Dane yeah. Chris, that was counterproductive. Yeah. Will it be counterproductive for Sam Mustafer? I don't, yeah, think, I don't so. think so. I don't think yeah. so. But well,
2: that's, that's a good segue into our next question from Myers and he says, "I'm a bit confused by the assertions that Brian Kelly is throwing his players under the bus, particularly after the NC State game." In the press conference, he noted that snapping the football was atrocious, indicating he was signaling out Sam Mustafer. But then there's a clip of him addressing the team in the locker room, saying that it was his fault and it was the coaches that lost the game. Is this a Jekyll and Hyde thing? Well, he said it, it's his fault every week. But you can either choose to hear that or, or ignore
1: it and focus on when he does single out a player. I've been covering Notre Dame football for 35 years. Somewhere along the line, the, the, the you know yelling at players became a really, really bad thing. Um I think there's a fi- I think there's a fine a very fuzzy fine line now because there has been a transition as to how you treat players publicly. I'm the last guy to comment on that because I don't think it's that big of a deal unless it is counterproductive to the individual which then trickles down and hurts the team.
0: And that's yes, certainly on a player by player basis. There's yes you can Yes,
1: you coach people
0: differently. Yeah. And I I thought that the
2: most revealing quote on this subject came from Niles Morgan yesterday when we were talking to him about psychology and like how that helps him in terms of leading, motivating people, and he says, you know, when I'm talking to Tavon Coney, I can't yell at him, because if I do, he goes in the tank. Like, it's a negative. And and Morgan is like, I can't have that. I can't have Tavon Coney in the tank. But Jerry Tillery, I need to get up his butt. Like, I need to say, dude, get it together. And I, like... (laughs) He can yell at him, because he knows Tillery will take it and move forward with it. And th- that is my only thing about yelling, and it has been forever. If the player responds to it, scream your head off. Go crazy. I agree. Ha- have a time. If he doesn't, you need to keep your mouth shut, because that doesn't that doesn't do you any good as the head coach. Right. It doesn't do the player any good, in terms of his development either. So, I, I do... Th- there does feel like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, though, uh, because... If Brian Kelly had taken the locker room message and applied it to the press conference, we wouldn't get any Isn't questions that astonishing? Like, Isn't that it's astonishing? It's astonishing. Why wouldn't you take that and then just repeat it in the press conference? Because it, it's not like you do the press conference and then you cooled off and then you talk to the locker right. room. The locker room is first.
1: The difference between the two demeanors there is
0: absolutely astonishing. He, like, he's a good messenger. He knows that. But it do, it just doesn't come through. I think he didn't want to anything to do with talking to maybe after another loss and he was really felt bad for his players he felt like he let him down and he told him the truth and I think he's so annoyed by us asking why he doesn't run the ball and do other things he doesn't want to talk to us he, he's lost it at a couple of these press conferences after losses but, you know there's but he had just delivered that message I know but not, he respects his team He's mad when he comes out and has to talk to us. And we're asking, "Do you regret this? Did you done this? Did you second guess no, this?" He doesn't well, want to well, hear us well, talk wait, about these no, things because the atrocious comment came in his opening statement. Yeah. He hadn't even he did not faced the question yet. You know, he, he probably got that out with Sam the live the first time that yeah. he felt his snapping was atrocious and didn't need to tell him in the locker room. Because I do think he has addressed how bad it was with the player. Right? We have video evidence of it's that. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> well. Ish. I don't know, it was, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, that was, uh, that was a rough one for uh, You know, I will go back to one thing about players internalizing and who can take getting yelled at. I'll never forget during the whole Dane Crist and Tommy Reese thing, when Chris was out because of injury, Reese in there the first time, and I see Kelly screaming at him in his second career start from the sideline. Yeah,
1: Reese is indifferent.
0: And Reese just looked over, and I'm like, dude. I got it. Relax. <laughs> it didn't have the look of just like shaking that Dane Chris had, and I think Brian Kelly just loved it, that Tommy Reese had. No, they were uh,
2: they were a great match. Yeah. I mean, if you if you could put uh, somebody else's legs on Tommy Reese, uh, <laughs> you would have had a great All-American quarterback.
1: Stubber one, how much is the Zaire Kaiser Rift to blame here for the players' hearts not being in these games? We blame coaching and poor individual play, but a unified team has a way of overcoming these and winning. Is there a rift?
0: Their hearts have been in NC State and Syracuse for sure. I don't understand why it's, according to Brian Kelly, they weren't in the other ones because these are pretty big games, Michigan State. Duke is a little bit of human nature going on, obviously. I'm never going to get, and and multiple players told me, that like, I don't know, why we just weren't, you know, we couldn't really stay up for Michigan State. How is that humanly possible? That's a systemic issue. But the players' hearts are in that they wanted to win that NC State game more than anything in the world. I don't know about the actual rift it's there's no way it's everything
1: would you call it a, a rift between the players i think it's a competitive tug of war i, I don't know that there's necessarily a rift
2: <laughs> i think that in the summer we talked a little bit about like how the locker room might get a little bit divided no i understand I that that's
1: happened well because yeah, kaiser is so significantly better yeah. overall as a quarterback i can't imagine a, a player
0: oh i see what you're saying you, you know. that only one player doesn't have to agree with that yeah you're saying that there's there's not a there's not a faction of Notre Dame players saying we need to go to Zaire for the yeah, season. Yeah, I don't right? think there I, are I don't. Think so. I don't there think may Kaiser have been one, are like
2: best buds, and I think it's fine.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, I, I I I mean, I think it's a good question, but I just I yeah, don't know that it's legit. I, I just don't, don't think as it played really,
0: out the way we thought it might. There's there's doesn't seem to be a faction of guys, you know. I think that they want to.
2: probably not.
1: I'm sure some, some some there might have been a player or two along the sideline Saturday in the monsoon thinking. Yeah, that. I wonder, man, I wonder if Zaire could do something for to get our
2: offense rolling here a little bit.
0: Well you yeah. said in two thousand thirteen the team was very happy that Reese ended up being the quarterback instead of Golson. Yes.
2: That there there I think there were factions of the team. There was a Golson faction and a Reese faction. This is not that. This is not a, a divided locker room that it was. That and, and, really well. and to be honest, they had a divided locker room in terms of who's better Reese or Golson in twenty twelve and that season went okay. So that's
1: well, they both well right. they both had a role though.
2: Just need tail, be fine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lou for prez. Our final question on Monday podcast. You say that Miami and Virginia Tech are better than Notre Dame this year, and that Navy, when playing well, is also better. With USC, a wait and see approach. It also seemed like three or four losses, losses were assumed. If BK leads Notre Dame to victories in two of these three or four games, along with wins over Stanford and/or Army, and goes six and six with and wins a ball. <sighs>
0: Like a press conference. Would this season <laughs> be on par?
2: It is Lou for press. Uh, Would this be on par with Holtz's five and six, 86 season? Reasoning that Kelly beats two or three teams that are better than Notre Dame this year, and that our team is poised for success in the next
0: few years. That was Lou Holtz's first season, so no. Yeah, I don't think it, there's, there's any comparison. There's also the best five and six year in the history of the world. <laughs> if you want to look especially at it, especially from from when you look at what like the five right. and six and uh, eighty five was, was. No fan in. America, there was a Notre Dame fan that didn't love that five and six football team. No, this—I mean, the, the die is cast for this year. People aren't going to be happy with whatever happens. Short of eight and four, short of nine and four, right? No you one's going to have to. You
1: would have to go nine you and four. You have to go nine and four, so. four
0: when your bowl game for people to be happy about this year. You could go eight and five, win your bowl game, and think, man, they really look good at the end of the year. That could happen, but that's not going to make people happy. That's what a, yeah. another eight and five. So there's no happy ending. There is the opportunity for an improved team. Brian Kelly doesn't can't care about a happy ending right now. If you finish eight and five, they're two and four now. If you finish eight and five, and win your bowl game, he could look at it and he say has he, really salvaged, he has yeah.
1: salvaged his three previous slow starts in September. He's, he's mm-hmm. he you know right. I yeah, mean he sure stays, is, he's yeah. won at least eight games and yeah. he, and in those three seasons they lost at least twice in September. So he is he's salvaged those. It, it, let me just say it, it, with the start of the question. Virginia Tech is better than Notre Dame. Miami may be better than Notre Dame. I don't think we know that quite yet. Although they look pretty good. They yeah. look pretty. Yeah, I mean they did. A, they're probably better, they're competitive they're... with with uh, Florida State, obviously. But
2: I mean the the Holtz comparison isn't more 94? 65 and one. Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah, is. yeah, they're it was season a number three. Win
1: season okay. last yeah. year. Yeah, I would yeah. think that. Yeah, that the. the there's no comparison with '86. The scenarios are completely so different. So Notre going
0: to the Fiesta Bowl then. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going gi- to have a giant fight on the team bus. And car. Car. There, there's a rift. Back in that, that was the last. That was the
1: last time <laughs> yeah. Notre went to a major bowl where, where I mean, that was six, just ridiculous. Six, and they're they're six, six four, four and, four and one, one going into the game, Ugh. and boy, they got.
0: They got hammered by the Shocking. Colorado. You want to talk about rips. That was my senior year. What a way to go out. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Alright, wrap us up, Pete. And, and that's how
2: we're gonna go out on it's segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of recruiting as there are a handful of visitors coming in with stands the weekend, so all that next. Week.
1: Segment three of Ivor Schill's Story the Insider this week is our recruiting news. And there are a handful of visitors
2: coming in town for Notre Dame-Stanford Pete. Yeah, it's, uh, you got four official visitors in the senior class. Amari Carter, safety from Miami. Elijah Hicks, cornerback from Southern California. Greg Johnson, athlete from California. And Foster Serrell, the five-star offensive tackle from the Seattle area. Uh, scouts number two overall player. I would say of those four, Amari Carter is the one... Not that they need to land the most, but it's their best bet for them to land. Uh, his high school teammate of Tavon Coney and Devin Studsill, two guys who have played a ton of football early in their careers, which it has to be very appealing for them. Now it's sort of a Miami heads-up battle there, which could be tricky considering Miami's good start to the season and the sort of vibe that's happening down there with Mark Rick. But there's a announcement, I believe October 22nd is his commitment date, so... That's coming up. Um, this is Notre Dame's chance to close the deal. Uh, and it, unlike, say, Salvan Ahmed a couple weeks ago at Michigan State, this isn't Amari Carter's first trip to campus. It's, this, is a, this is not an introduction to Notre Dame for, for them. So that's a positive. Um, we'll see how they close the deal on that. Elijah Hicks is interesting, I think more, because Notre Dame needs some corners. They play a ton of young corners right now. I think that's still a positive, even though you could look at it as like, well, I'm going to be behind a lot of these young players for the next three years. <laughs> um, and he's from the same high school as Tyler Lutua, so again, knows a lot about Notre Dame before the visit even starts. That's a positive. And then you, you dip down to the junior class a little bit. Jalen Gill running back from Ohio, big-time athlete there. Houston Griffith, he's from IMG Academy down in Florida, but from the Chicagoland area before. He's been in Notre Dame a ton uh, that's a guy that they should land in next year's class. Aeneas Hawkins, a defensive tackle from Cincinnati, who's visited a bunch. Uh, Micah Jones, who's a receiver from Chicago, visited a bunch. So they've got a good group of juniors. But, I mean, look, like, let's be honest. What happens with Notre Dame in recruiting has way more to do with what the coaching staff is going to look like in December and January than it does, oh, well, how was your visit for the Stanford weekend? I think Notre Dame delivers consistently on game weekends, whether the Notre Dame is great or whether Notre Dame is struggling. They're going to put on a good show and they're going to have good visits. Um, but I think for most of these guys, it's a question of okay, who's going to be coaching me? You can make a good first impression, then I'll I'll check back <laughs> in with you in the off season to see right. like, how things shook out. Right.
1: Okay, we uh, you know Saturday night, uh, last home game of the uh, last night home game of the season. Notre Dame tries to avoid a three-game home losing streak. Stanford tries to avoid a three-game losing streak, and uh, we'll have previews and predictions on Friday and pregame instant analysis from the field on Saturday. I envy those that get to hop between the Stanford game and the Cubs game on Saturday night, but God willing, I'll be in Wrigley Field Sunday night. So until uh, (laughs) until uh, until Saturday, I'm Tim Priest with Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley. This has been Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Irish Illustrated.